Welcome back to Stories That Matter, the podcast. This is a place where we seek to share stories that are big and small in every area of life, stories that will impact the world and hopefully empower others. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Today, we are joined here by a very, very special guest, Miss Cleo. Her story is filled with ups and downs, and now she's on the journey on finances. So before we get into everything about her story, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, so I am Cleo. I'm originally from Nashville, Tennessee, born and raised. I currently live here in Texas near the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I have a daughter. She is now 18 years old. She's a freshman in college, and I started my financial journey Well, the reason why I started teaching others was started from my own personal financial journey from being, you know, in a lot of debt, student loan debt, payday loans, credit cards, and being a teen mom. So that's where my, you know, journey started with learning a lot of lessons. (laughs) Yes, let's get into those lessons because the lessons are what help others. It helps you telling, you know, what you had to learn kind of will help me or help anyone else that won't have to go to that same thing all over again. So I know um, when you talk about some of your struggles with money, can you go into that, how it, how it started and how it kind of spread it out? Yeah. So growing up, I didn't learn about money from my family. No one really talked about it because everybody was struggling with their own money problems. So how could they teach? Um, But I later learned that, you know, my mom, she did the best that she could with what she had. But um, I really didn't get introduced to it until I became a, a parent at 18. So I got pregnant at 17, had my daughter at 18, started college right after high school. And that's when I got into student loan debt. You know, I really wasn't educated on you know, searching for grants and scholarships. I just knew that you go to college, you take out all these student loans and you worried about it later. You know, I knew I was borrowing, you know, money, but there was not a lot of talk about paying it back. So I got into a lot of student loan debt and then that turned into a lot of credit card debt, a lot of payday loans. You know, I always worked a job, but it was never really enough. So I always felt like I needed to get more money through debt. And I just kept getting approved. So I just kept getting more and more money, not realizing that I was digging this huge debt hole. And then it came to me mismanaging the money. So I I couldn't keep up with the debt payment. So I would get into situations where my wages was garnished. My cars was repossessed. I have at least three cars that were repossessed over my lifetime. And then ultimately it led to me being evicted from my apartment, which crushed me because I had never been in that type of situation before. I had always gotten to the point where I would pay my rent late, but I would always pay it before it was too late. (laughs) And then one day came where it just was no more time. Uh, That was very sad time for me because I have a daughter 
I was always a single mom and I knew she was looking at me, learning from me and I didn't want her to take my bad money habits. So that's when I knew I needed to start making some type of change. And just over the years, I've just progressed and learned new things, but it wasn't until I relocated to a different city was when I really hit even further rock bottom, I should say. I don't know if I should get into that yet. Yeah. When you were in um, getting all this debt and, you know, you said evicted and all that kind of stuff, did you ever get to a point where you felt like, oh, this is impossible. I won't be able to get out of this. Was there ever like a number that you reached that was like, this is just going to be too much to come back from? Yeah, because when you are only making, you know, 20 something thousand a year and and then you, you make more money, but it's still around the mid thirties, but then you mm-hmm. see you over, you owe over a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. When you add everything up, it was very discouraging because I didn't, I really didn't see like personally, like no friends or family members. I didn't see anyone else getting out of their debt. So I'm just surrounded by other people. Not that it's their fault of my money problems, but I didn't believe it was possible because I didn't see any other examples out there. Everyone else was just living paycheck to paycheck. So I just kind of felt like this is just how it's supposed to be. But it wasn't until I joined a program in my hometown, which is, it was a program to help you become uh, independent, like financially independent, not having to depend on government assistance, mm-hmm. increasing your income, buying a home, things like that. And when I heard people in that group stories of how they overcame certain situations, then I started to find hope of hearing other people talk about it because you know, when it comes to money problems, people don't want to talk about the negative stuff. You know, that's how I was. I just kept it a secret. I didn't want to talk about it, which caused more problems like with my self-esteem and my confidence because I didn't feel like a woman. I didn't feel like a great mother because of my money problems. But once I started to listen to other people talk, that gave me a little bit of confidence to share what I was going through and knowing that, okay, if they can get through it, I know I can too, even though if I'm not sure how, but I know it's going to, it's going to get better, but I have to believe it first. And that's where it started. Exactly. Yeah. Hearing other people come out on the other side always is like, okay, if they did it, I can do that too. We got it. It's going to be okay. Um, So at that point, I know you mentioned moving to a different city. So did you and your daughter end up having to move after the eviction or how did that work? So after the eviction, I ended up staying with my sister temporarily, but my sister, she's two years older than me and she has five kids. So it's pretty tight. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot of, it's not a lot of space there, but I was there temporarily, but I just was still just frustrated. I felt depressed. I was like, okay, I need to do something different, you know? And I said, well, what have I Well, you know, we always hear, you know, you have to do something different if you want to see new results. I was like, okay, what can I do that I have not done before? I've been living in Nashville my whole life, born and raised. And I was like, okay, maybe it's my environment. Maybe I need to get out of my city. Maybe I need to go somewhere else. (laughs) And maybe that will challenge me. Um, So I had moved to Miami, Florida. I did get a job there, but I had no idea where I was going to stay. Oh, that's that's a more expensive place. It is. Was that That's- not was that not scary going to like a, a place? Because even when you go visit Miami, it's like, okay, I'm here for a couple of days, but I'm about to go back home to where things are a little bit less. Yes, it was definitely way more expensive than Nashville at that time. This was back in June 2013 was when I relocated from Nashville to Miami. And even though it was a more expensive place, 
I didn't care. All I was thinking was I need to get away from my hometown. And I chose Florida because it's the sunshine state. This is really not a good reason. I was like, it's, a, it's the sunshine state. It's warm weather. Um, and I was like, well, something will work out there. Maybe looking at the palm trees and all of that stuff is going to change my mindset. You know, that's what I was thinking at the time. But what I realized is that you can move anywhere, but if you're not tapping into, you know, your mental and your mindset inside, your problems are just going to keep following you from city to city to city. <laughs> so, um, yes, me and my daughter, we moved to Miami, Florida. I was there for about six months. What really helped me when I was there was because when I moved, I posted about it on Facebook, just telling everybody, y'all, I'm moving. I'm leaving Nashville. I'm moving to Miami. Got me a job there. And one of my friends from college, she was living in Miami for about, I think, a year and a half at that time. And she reached out to me and was like, you know, congratulations. You know, I live here too. She's like, I have a two bedroom, oh. two bath. And she just had a roommate move out. And she was like, perfectly. yes. Oh my goodness. It, it's just like the craziest thing is that I didn't want to say anything because, you know, at this point, even though I'm moving to Miami, I'm still struggling. Mm -hmm. So I just posted it and a door opened somewhere mm -hmm. for me to live. So that's why it is important to not keep everything a secret all the time. Even if you're struggling, it's good to put things out there because you never know where your help will come from. Yeah. So yeah, she said, you know, I have a two bedroom, two bathroom apartment you and Destiny, which is my daughter, she was like, you guys could, you could rent out the other side and pay the other half of the rent. And that helped me because for one, I couldn't afford my own apartment in Miami and my credit, my finances was just not in a position for me to get approved for an apartment or a home at that time. So that worked out perfectly. I was there for about six months till I got another job in Orlando, Florida. And that is where I was living in my car. So I had to make this hard decision. So I took this other job in Orlando because it made more money. At this okay. point, I'm just like, okay, where's the job that's just paying me more money? And um, I told my sister that, you know, I got this new job in Orlando. I have to travel for training. So Destiny, my daughter, I asked her, could she come back to Nashville to stay with her temporarily? until I got through the months of training on this new job. Mm -hmm. So to my family, they thought, oh, she just has to do this training. She has to travel for training. But the real story was I was living in my car and I just couldn't afford to get my own apartment in Orlando. So I chose to live in my car for four months in Orlando in the winter. Wow. So, you know, central Florida gets cold in the winter time. And it was really hard because I kind of felt like, well, is this a sign I should just go back home to Nashville? Mm -hmm. Not that I had a whole lot of help there, but I just kind of felt like, should I go back home? But I said, no, Cleo, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to just live in my car. I would go to work every day as normal. And I would sleep in my car. I would park my car. There was a Publix grocery store right up the street from the office. And I would park there every night. And in between time, I would go to like Panera Bread, Chick-fil-A, places like that to use their Wi-Fi, doing things on my computer. And then there was a small gym in the office where I worked that nobody used. And I would go there to work out. And that's when I started practicing yoga. Wow. So you really had to make a whole decision. When you moved to Orlando, did you know that was going to be the case that you were going to have to 
kind of, you know, give up some things and not be able to get an apartment? Did you know that was going to be the situation when you took the job? I knew it was a huge possibility, but I still took the job and I said, I'm going to figure it out. So I still applied for some apartments in the area and I wasn't approved and it wasn't a surprise, but I just said, okay, at least I tried. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then I said, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to have to live in my car. And that's the reason why I sent my daughter to my sisters, because I knew that it was a big possibility that I wouldn't be approved. Now I did have to travel for training, but it was only like a week, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it wasn't long at all, but I did for those four months, which was, this was at this point, this is October, 2013. So for four months is when I lived in my car and no one knew about it at the moment. Cause I just didn't want to tell anybody, but yes, at that moment, I knew that I was probably going to struggle finding somewhere to stay. And I knew the last result resort was going to be living in my car. But as long as it wasn't my daughter in the car with me, mm-hmm. I was okay. Like I, like for me, I was like, okay, I'll tough it out. I'll figure it out. But my main concern was my daughter being able to have somewhere safe to be and still go to school. And that's why I sent her back to my mom, well, to my sisters. But it hurt because we were apart and we're never apart. Mm -hmm. So that really, really hurt my soul that I had to do that. But I knew that it wouldn't be forever. So I just made sure I still went to work every day. That way I wasn't risk losing my job. And I started to work on my finances seriously that time. Like over the years, I had times where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to get my money together. I'm going to start changing my habits. And then, you know, I would fall off track and I would start something and then stop. But then me living in my car, that was my huge wake up call like my huge wake up call. Like, yes, I was evicted when I was in Nashville. That was really big, but it wasn't until I was living in my car, separated from my daughter, that really hurt me even more. Cause now I'm like, I can't even support myself or my daughter right now. Yes, I have a job, but my finances are a hot mess and I knew I needed to change. And that's where me practicing yoga and meditation and me starting to really changed my habits by learning how to do better with money. That's when it really shifted for me. Wow. That is, that's a crazy story. And you, you're at, you came out on the other side on top. Is there, were there any, I mean, that those four months looking back now, were there any regrets about the, your decision during those four months? Or did you, you, I, just like you mentioned, it kind of made, gave you that wake up call. It kind of made you realize that this is what you had to do in order to get to where you are now. I used to regret it a lot, like while I was in it and even after I used to regret it, but now I don't because I felt like a lot of stuff I learned from that experience has given me the strength to do other things, you know, since then, because when I was in my car, I really didn't get a lot of good sleep because for one, it's uncomfortable to sleep in the backseat of your car. But then I was always on guard. You know, I was wondering, is somebody going to try to come and rob me, come try to bust my windows and hurt me? Is, is the, you know, sometimes I would see the local police kind of ride through the public's parking lot. And I was like, oh my God, they're going to pull up to me and tell me, oh no, ma'am, you can't be sleeping in your car here. Or I was wondering is, you know, is a Publix employee going to knock on my window? Um, but I would always park my car where there were cameras. So I was like, okay, if something ever happens to me, at least it'll be on camera. So it's just moments like that, that made me grateful 
So for one, have somewhere to live, like the basic living expenses, like living things. Like I'm glad I have somewhere to live. I have, I'm glad somewhere, I'm glad I actually have the resources to take care of myself. And, uh, but I don't regret it. Like I used to, re- I used to be so hard on myself, but now I look at what I learned from the experience. Um, and I take what I, I take from those lessons learned and apply it to what I do, you know, going forward. So now I look at failures differently now, mm-hmm. um, negative situations. I look at them differently now. They happen for a reason. Um, and I don't regret it at all, but I just continue to look and see, well, what did I learn from it and sharing it? So maybe someone else can, it can help someone else too. Yeah. And then you said actually yoga came about from that. So that's something else that you're pretty passionate about yoga and finances. And you kind of mix the two into kind of one with your brand. So can you talk a little about what yoga did for you? What, what that was, maybe it was a releasing, you know, giving you some kind of energy. How did that make you feel? Yeah. So when I was living in my car in Orlando and working my job every day, I just used to be so mentally drained, physically drained. My back was hurt. Neck was feeling crazy. So I was just on Instagram one day and I saw someone doing a yoga challenge. So I decided to participate in this yoga challenge. And since my job had this small little gym on the first floor that nobody was ever there. I kind of felt like, Ooh, this is kind of like some personal space a little bit. And that's why I would take my showers too. Um, usually when you have a gym at a job, most of the times people use it, but for whatever reason, nobody ever used this gym. So it kind of worked out for me, but I would go in that gym and work out and I would do the yoga challenge. And then I would find some local yoga classes that was either free or really cheap, like maybe something like $5 that I could take. So what I would notice is when I would take the yoga classes and I would learn to meditate, I actually started to feel better because I'm someone who is used to being active. Like I used to always be in some type of dance group. I was always playing some type of sport. I was always doing some type of active stuff. And at that moment in my life, I wasn't active. I wasn't working out. I wasn't doing, I wasn't dancing. I wasn't doing anything active. And I think that was another reason why I wasn't happy and doing anything great was because I wasn't doing my extra fun things that make me happy. That's why it's important to not just work and take care of responsibilities, but you have to find things outside of work, outside of family responsibilities that really makes you happy that may not necessarily have to deal with making money, you know? So that's when I just started to practice yoga and I started to think differently. Like internally, I would feel different after those yoga classes. So I would just challenge myself on the yoga mat, doing these new yoga poses, these new yoga flows. And, you know, I used to think yoga was just doing these cool poses and that's it. But it does challenge you mentally and physically. You know, I was at a job while I was sitting down all day long and sitting down isn't good for your body. Like you do have to get up and move around. So when I would do those yoga classes, I would go to work feeling revived. Even when I was sleeping in the backseat of my car, I would still feel, I would start to feel, I could see the shift. I could feel the shift in my mind and my body. So I said, okay, if I'm feeling this great physically, mentally because of because I'm doing yoga and I'm actually meditating I was like okay I think it's time for me to start challenging myself and my finances like Cleo something's got to change so I would start to watch YouTube videos with money tips and then I would read books and then I said okay let me start by pulling out my credit reports I would start to look to see all my debt on there I would list out all my debts 
I will look at all of my income, how much I make, you know, after they take the taxes out so I can see how much I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And little by little, I would start to make little changes because it is a lot to try to do everything. You can't just change everything with your finances in one sitting, but I would do little things like looking at my credit reports, understanding what's going on and paying off debt one debt at a time. And then also learning how to budget, like how to really set a budget and not just let it sit there, but actually set a budget and follow through with it every week. I would start to have money dates with myself every single week. I would go to Panera Bread, the Chick-fil-A. I would go in there and use a Wi-Fi. I had my little notebooks and I would always carry this notebook with me. And people at work would be like, Cleo, are you in college? Are you studying for something? I'm like, no, this is my, this is my budget. This is my money plans. This is my little debt payoff plan. That's what I had in there. And it was like, so you serious? And I'm like, yes. See, so them, they didn't really understand or know about my deep money problems. Cause at that point I wasn't telling anybody about it, but I just knew that I continued to practice the yoga. I continued to go to work and I would continue to have my weekly money meetings with myself so I could check in and make sure I'm staying on track. But the yoga helped keep me on track. But I knew that that wasn't enough. And that's when I started to share what I was going through. Because even though mm -hmm. yoga was making me feel better physically and mentally, and I knew I was feeling excited because I actually was starting to do the work, but I knew that I, me isolating myself and being quiet about it was not good. So that's when I started to talk to people about what I was going through so it could help someone else. Uh, because now today I share, I'll share anything. But back then I was so scared to share because I felt like people would judge me. I felt like people would understand what I was going through or I felt like I would be judged and criticized because at that point I just felt like, you know, you're a mother, you should know better. But I realized it doesn't matter what age you are, you can have things happen in your life and it's okay but it's yeah. about how you respond to it. You know, what are you going to do to make the changes that you need to make? Definitely. And I love these money date ideas. So if, I mean, someone else that may be listening that, you know, has built up a lot of debt or, you know, it's just trying to work to get out of that or get better. What are some of your tips? I know you mentioned journaling, like writing it down and money dates. So do you have any more tips for people that are in that situation? Yeah. So the money dates, it's really important to make time. You know, we make time to go to work. We make time to, you know, go out and have fun, go on trips. We make time to do all these things. We make time to be on social media all day. So my main thing was making time. So when I coach others, when I teach others, I tell them first, you have to make the time just like you put stuff on your calendar, like you have to put it on your calendar. So like for the money date, it literally could be you meeting with yourself or with your significant other or with your kids or whoever's in your household. Y'all just sitting down. It doesn't have to be anything serious or too, too much pressure. It's basically you just sitting down and having a discussion about money, about how much, mo how much money is coming into the home, how, what, are our, what are our bills, what are our expenses, you know, what debt do we have, and what are our plans to you know, pay it off. And what are, our, what are our goals? You know, what do we want in the future too? Are there some things that we want to buy in the future? Do we need to start saving a little bit, you know, here and there? So that is the first step is making it a priority and making time for it. Thinking about a time where 
you are the most alert. So like, if you're not a morning person, then you probably don't want to do this in the morning. <laughs> you want to set a time where you know that you have the most energy and you have the most, you know, mental excitement because having money talks isn't always fun uh, and you don't always feel like it. But if you really want to reach those goals, you have to make time for it. So actually creating a budget. So at the money date, you're working on your budget or you're creating that budget. So you're going to look to see, okay, how much money am I bringing in? Mm -hmm. What have I been spending my money on? So looking back at the last 30 days, mm -hmm. look at those transactions and it may be a little bit, or it may be a whole lot, but you got to look through it to see what, where your money has been going. And, and a lot of us, we can remember, but sometimes we forget. <laughs> how much we may be really spending. So it's good to look at those last 30 days to see where is my money really going and what do I need to do going forward? So setting time, making time for money dates every week. The reason why I say every week is because it can be a lot to sit down and just go over it once a month. So I do like more bite-sized pieces going over the last seven days, maybe a little easier trying to go over the last 30 days so that's why i encourage people to do once a week but if that doesn't work for you it could be every two weeks or it could be once a month whichever works for you know your schedule and your household but then also getting clear on you know your money goals and why they are your goals you know if you want to pay off all your debt why you know why do you want to pay it off you know what do you want to do with that money the money that you're putting towards the debt after the debt is gone, what would you like to put that money towards? Uh, because when times get rough, because they can, you have to you have to know why you're doing it in order to stay on track or get right back on track. And then also asking for help, because I tried to do it alone, and I could, and I did it for a period of time. But I realized I was stressing myself out trying to do it by myself. So if you're not used to budgeting, don't know how to budget, if you have struggles managing money, it's good to get help, whether that's some free help or if you're having to pay someone to help you. Um, it's all about, you know, investing in yourself. You're either going to invest time mm -hmm. in yourself to learn how to do it, or you're going to invest time and money <laughs> getting someone to teach you how to do it. Wow. And I mean, after everything that you've went through, now you're on the other side and you're coaching people in this, in this field on financing, on budgeting, on how to make their lives better in the same area that you used to struggle in. And so did you come out on top? Have you, have you reached that goal where you, you know, have paid off all that debt or are you still working towards it and still, you know, slowly getting there or how is that working for you? Yeah. So out of all of my debts that I've had, I've paid off all of it except for my student loans. Almost there. Okay. <laughs> so my, I've set my goal for my student loans to finish paying it off by the end of next year, 2023. Um, but as far as car loans, credit cards, the payday loans, I've even had like medical debt from the past, um, from a lot of dental work I had. Like there's a lot of debt that I had to the point it was over a hundred thousand. So I paid off $60,000 over like the last few years. And wow. what, one of the things that helped me was like, you can cut back on expenses. That's, that's one of the first things you want to do is cut back on spending. So you can put money, more money towards debt. But what really helped me was making more money. 
So once my income increased, I had so much more to work with. And more money isn't always the answer because if you make more and you still have the same habits, you can spend more and it's not really gonna help. But uh, a combination of decreasing your expenses and making more money will help you you know, pay off that debt faster. So for me, that's what I did, earned a lot more money so I can knock that down. So for me, my debt payoff goal is my student loans is the last one. And I still do a budget every month. I still have my money dates, mine are on Sundays because that's just the day that works for me right now. Um, but sometimes it's 30 minutes, sometimes it's an hour, but you have to make it a habit. You know, if you do it once and then you don't do it again for six months, and then you kind of wonder why things are the way they are. It's because you have to be consistent with it. Not perfect, but being consistent with your money habits every day. Yeah. And I know a lot of millennials, when we do start making a lot more money, it's like, okay, I don't want to make the sacrifices and spend all my money on this or that. It's like paying back all this debt, especially when it comes to student loan debt. Like some people look at that as when it comes to the federal student loan debt, oh, well, right now we don't have to pay on it. So let's just not pay on it. Let's just use that extra money, you know, to do something else. So how do you stay motivated and on track to do what you need to do in those circumstances, especially when you're like, I, I consider millennials to be young, especially when you're younger and you're, you know, you're still having fun. You're still living your best life. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you don't want to feel like you have to wait until you're you know, 60, you know, 70 years old to really just, you know, enjoy life. I don't, I believe that we all have to, you know, because there's no one way to do it, right? But I encourage people to still live and still enjoy life because if you just work and you don't have any type of fun, any type of relaxation, you will drive yourself crazy if you don't have some type of, you know, enjoyment in life, you know, even if you do enjoy the work that you do at your job, you still want to, you know, go on trips and have fun, do activities with your family and your friends, but you do have to be realistic with yourself and say, okay, look, I know that I want to pay off this debt. So if you're used to traveling a lot, you may have to cut back on traveling. You know, you may, or you may have to sacrifice going a whole year without going anywhere, but it's all about how quickly you're wanting to reach certain goals. If you're okay with, you know, spending the next, you know, 10 years paying off debt, then maybe you could travel more because you're trying to spread it out. But if you have certain goals and you feel like, okay, I may need to pay this off in order to get to this next level, mm -hmm. then you may have to, uh, restrict yourself from a lot of things. I know for me, there were times where I didn't travel a lot at all, you know, not because I couldn't afford it. Now, at one point in time, it was because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> but once I increased my income, I was so focused on paying off a lot of debt was that I just had this mindset that, okay, the traveling will be there. Like I still did things locally, but I didn't go uh, traveling if it was over a certain amount. So that's something that you can do is thinking about things that you enjoy and still being able to do them on a smaller scale, even if it's just for the next six months or for a year. So I don't encourage people to just stop traveling, stop eating out, stop having fun. Like don't do that because you'll start to regret it and then you'll start to like fall off track, but you still have to find some ways to enjoy life throughout the, the process of elevating your lifestyle, whether if it's earning more money, paying off debt, or maybe you want to purchase a new home. Maybe you want to start investing more money. So whatever your money goals are, 
during the process, still have fun, but still like set boundaries with yourself and others. So like, if you have, I know what I find a lot of people struggle with is telling people no and telling themselves no. So like if people invite you to birthday parties, baby showers, weddings, and you have all of these, you know, events you're trying to go to, you got to buy gifts for and travel to. Some people feel like they can't say no, or they don't want to say no because they don't want to miss out. So you just have to, that's where those money dates come in. And that's where it comes with getting real with yourself and being honest with the people in your life, the people who really love you, most of them will understand that, hey, you may not be able to come out and do these things all the time because I'm trying to reach some money goals here. But I just want people to understand that you don't have to go without all the fun stuff because you are paying off debt or trying to reach other money goals. Definitely. And I know one of the things you say you were concerned about is with your daughter, her watching you with your finances in the beginning and you struggling and having to overcome all that. So, I mean, now I'm sure she sees you on the other side and she's like, oh, my mom's a finance pro. So how, how is that relationship now? Are you guys back together? How is that all going? Yeah. So when we were apart, it was only about four or five months, but yeah, so she is 18 years old now. So, um, she is a freshman in college now and, it's very exciting because so she's taking, you know, a personal finance class at college. And she told me, she said, you should come to my college and speak because the stuff that he's saying, you've already told me all of this. So that kind of made me feel like, oh, I guess she was listening. You know, you never know if your kids are listening when you tell them stuff. But that makes me feel good that she, well, for one, that she is getting taught by other people other than me but that also she remembers the things that I have taught her and told her. And I, of course, you know, as parents, we, we, we can only do our best with our kids and we hope that they, you know, make good decisions. But you, I do understand my daughter has to live her own life, learn her own lessons, make her own mistakes. So I don't expect her to be perfect because I'm trying to tell her all the money tips, but it does feel good that she is listening because she'll, We'll have texts or phone conversations about different money topics. And I'm glad that she sees value in me to ask me Mm -hmm. as her mom and a financial professional. Um, So that definitely helps. And uh, like, for example, we did this road trip last summer together. Um, Now, it was supposed to be a road trip like gift to myself, you know, because I've been a single mom and I got my daughter through school through 12th grade and now she's off to college. But then my mom was like, oh no, you, you and you and destiny should go together because it could be a way for you guys to bond before she goes off to college. And I was like, "That's, that's actually a good idea. And when we were going on the trip, I actually was glad that she was there because it was some activities that I did that I was actually happy it was with another person and not just me doing it by myself. We had went to, um, it was a 27 day road trip where we went to all the states. We drove to all the states in 27 days, except for uh, we flew to Alaska because it was too far (laughs) to drive. And uh, we didn't make it to Hawaii or Puerto Rico. We clearly would have had to fly there, but it was, we were cutting it too close and it was time for us to go back home so she could move to college. So that was a really good experience, but that was something that I wouldn't have been able to do if I didn't have my finances in order because that trip, you know, it wasn't cheap, (laughs) Um, but 
I wasn't stressed. I wasn't like, oh, when I get back home, how am I going to pay my bills? You know, when you travel, you want to enjoy it. You don't want to worry about um, having not being able to be able to pay your bills when you get back home or maybe using credit cards and like, oh, I got to pay these credit card payments when I get back. Like I didn't have to worry about any of that. And that's why I encourage people to, you know, create a financial lifestyle that works for you. You know, being financially free can mean different things to different people, but create the life that's best for you. And I know for me is that I want to be able to go on a road trip like that. You know, that's Mm -hmm. not the type of road trip you do every day, but I just knew I wanted to be in a position to do things and not feel like I have to struggle when I get back home because I like to travel. Um, So I encourage people to think of, you know, what are your financially free goals? You know, what, what would your life look like being financially free? And even though I say financially free, my financially free goals continue to evolve. You know, we grow and our interests change and I may want to do these different things this year and three years from now, I may want to do something else. So just know that we're all forever students. We're always learning and growing. And as long as you're doing the work and being willing to learn new things is what's going to help you. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned financially free because that's something that's on your page a lot. Um, trying to be financially free, encouraging others to go down that same path. And it looks different for everybody, but there's a, I feel like there's different kind of things that we should be doing to try and reach that financial freedom. So what are some of those things that you're doing to reach that? Like when it comes to passive income and investing in real estate or just other ideas that you're working with to make sure you're getting to your goal? Yeah, for one is being mindful of your skills. So what I did at one point is I underestimated the skills that I had, you know, you know, because I was kind of stuck in only working in one industry. So for like majority of my work life, I've been an independent claims adjuster. So if there's hurricanes, tornadoes, mudslides, all of that, I'm the one that's, you know, investigating them and deciding basically how much we're going to pay for it. And that's, and I was just used to doing that job. And even when I increased my income, you know, like three times, like I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this forever, you know, and I still do it on a contract basis. So it's not like I do it the whole year, but I do it like a few months throughout the year. But I kind of felt like, that was all I was going to be doing. But then once I started, you know, with my own business, Clear Yoga Finance, like I started writing articles about money, just talking about my money journey, what I was doing and what I was learning through my own self. And then when I started coaching other people, I just started writing more articles. And then I started going live, like doing videos, talking about it. And then once I started, I did the one-on-one coaching. And then it's like, I was like, okay, People are paying attention. People are learning. People are actually changing their lives from what I am teaching. And then that's when it went to actually doing consultation work at companies. So not just helping individuals, but going into companies and doing financial workshops for them. So I don't know about you, but it's like, I think most of us have had a job where the company has had maybe other professionals come in and maybe talk about money or talk about health or talk about fitness or talk about, you know, any type of topic, you know, that's kind of like included, like in the benefits for the employees. So I just started to realize, okay, I am a financial educator. I am a yoga instructor. I can do this too. So I did a um, money yoga class for Verizon employees. Um, They had actually reached out to me after taking a free class that I did 
when the pandemic first started. So it's oh, wow. just like thinking about your skills, like things that you're already doing at your job already. Like what can you do to earn more money that may not require full-time hours, you know? And as far as like passive income, yes, I do invest. And I, one of my goals for 2023 is to start in real estate, investing in real estate, getting commercial property, getting rental property. And that's something that I didn't do that I could have started years ago, but I was traveling a lot for the work that I was doing. But now that I'm in a position where I want to start the real estate investing in my hometown in Nashville, because I kind of went back and forth, like, should I start in Texas? Because I've been here the longest, mm-hmm. or should I go back home? So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start investing in my hometown. And that's one of my 2023 goals is starting that process. But as of right now is continuing to make sure I have my money dates and continuing to notice when I can still earn income. My goal is working less and still earning more and, and understanding that you don't have to work more hours to earn more money. I used to be in that mindset is that if I want to make more money, I have to work more hours. That's not necessarily true. There's a lot of opportunities that I've earned more money and I worked less. For example, with the money yoga class that I did with Verizon, I literally did a 45 minute money yoga class and it was $2,500 for 45 wow. minutes. And with yoga teachers or just teaching anything, you know, people would wonder, well, what would I have to, how many hours would I have to make to earn 2,500? But years ago, you couldn't tell me I could make $2,500 in 45 minutes. And this was back in 2020 when the the pandemic year first started. And it's just things like that, that you have to realize that, hey, you actually have value and there are people or companies that are going to be there are that are wanting to pay you for your expertise, no matter what it is. Like there's people paying people to do so many different things. Everything. And I think when I <laughs> from my struggles, I just was in a position where I felt like I was just kind of stuck in my income earning ways. But now that I've ventured out and on the entrepreneurship journey, now I see that there's so many doors out there. There's just so many ways to make money, whether it's from home or whether you're in an office or whether you're in any type of environment. And it doesn't mean you have to physically spend 40 hours, 30 hours doing the work. Of course, still provide value. But I've just realized that when you're thinking about making passive income or active income, just knowing that you can still get paid more money to reach your money goals and you don't necessarily have to require a whole lot more time like you think. Mm. I know real estate is something that I'm actually interested in as well. And that's the only thing is like, I I know a lot of people that are interested in real estate and it kind of, there's a kind of something that kind of turns you away from it because you have to save all this money to get, get into it. You have to save all the money for the down payment to start, you know, getting the rental properties, or if you don't want to live in that home that first year, you got to start, you got to put up a lot of money up front to make it happen. So I know that's a big part of it that has made a lot of people kind of turn away from doing that, but it has so many like long-term effects that are positive for your income in the long run. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I knew I wanted to go ahead and start getting into real estate, because my goals as I get older, I'm 36 now. Actually, I'll be 37 in April. Um, (laughs) One of my goals is to have more 
income opportunities that is a great amount, but it doesn't necessarily require me to always show up mm -hmm. to, to earn the income. And I know that's one of my financial freedom uh, pillars, I would say, is being able to earn money. And I don't always have to physically show up to earn it, you know, um, because, you know, we can be busy with so much already as adults. So it feels good when you earn money, and you don't always have to put in a lot of heavy hours. So I know, of course, you can't be completely off of it, you know, especially in the beginning. But I know that's something that I uh, desire to do. And plus, I want to help my daughter have you know her real estate investing goals too so there's a lot of things not only am i'm starting it but i'm helping her do it and she's starting even younger so she's 18 yeah. so that's one of the reasons why i do what i do is for her she was my first motivation um but of course myself but my daughter i knew i wanted her life to be different early on you know i don't want her to wait till she's my age to start getting her financial life together <laughs> so um that's one of the reasons why i started investing learning about the process of investing in real estate like i already knew about it but that's something that i don't teach because i haven't personally purchased property so when mm -hmm. i teach finances i teach what i know like what i know personally and professionally um so budgeting money management learning how to increase your income uh, things like that, paying off debt, uh, you know, improving your credit history. But when it comes to the real estate side, I had to hire people to help me learn more about that. Of course, you mentioned about like, you know, having down payment, things like that. So it's like you learn about programs and opportunities out there that can help you with things like that. And you may not have to have as much down as you thought you did, things mm -hmm. like that. So it's really good that when you're trying to do something new, always hire someone who can educate you about it. Yes, we can read books and watch videos too, but it is good to find someone who is doing what you want to do and hire them to, to teach you yes, the work. That mentorship is always a good, good person to have in your corner. And I mm -hmm. love how you talked about 2023 goals. Like you're already, I don't know if people, people are probably like, whoa, she's already thinking about 2023. It's we're <laughs> still in 2022. And usually when you start thinking about 2023, it's towards the end of the year in December. That's when people start thinking about it when it's probably a little too late to be thinking about it. So do you do that every year? You kind of think ahead of time of where like that following year, what you want to do? Yes. Back then, girl, no, I was not doing no type of forward future thinking at all. But now I have to. Um, it's just the way I stay on track. So I have short term goals, but then I have long term goals. So like, yes, I want to buy a property by the end of 2020, 2023. But there's little things that I'm doing now that's going to help me reach that goal. So instead of looking at the whole big goal at once, I do break them up in pieces, you know, um, and I will have a list where it's things I know I'm going to do in 2023 um, and whatever. Some things is going to have to wait to start in 2023, but then there's some things I can do a little bit in 2022 to prepare me for next year. So, yes, I do set goals that I'm working on throughout this year, but also for the year ahead. And one thing that I do to help keep me, this just, this is what works for me, <laughs> keeps me like motivated is, so on my, I use Google Calendar. So I will set a, um, 
like a little task and I'll list all of my goals for the year, like things that I want to accomplish before the year's over. And I set them on the last day of the month, every month, mm -hmm. just to remind me to look at all of them. And for me, uh, I used to look at them and feel discouraged because I'm like, oh, this is a lot. But for me, I look at it and it helps me stay on track because if I'm having a, you know, maybe I had a weird day, a crazy week, and I feel like I want to quit. When I get that notification, I'm like, okay, look, Cleo girl, you got these things you gotta, you gotta keep pushing, you know, whatever you feel like you need to stay on track. That's what you need to make sure you add. So that's just like a reminder for me that I use that I set on the last day of the month, just to remind me, okay, the new month is about to start. Let's see what you may need to shift or change around to help you stay on track because you may need to change the way you're planning. So like if you're, you know, like for me, if I'm trying to buy property next year, I need to always be evaluating if what am I doing right now? Is it working? You know, do I need to change it up and do something in a different way? And if you do, it's okay. Cause sometimes things may have to change month to month, just like with your budget, your monthly budget may look different every month they may have to change as well. So just being flexible, but always having something to remind you. So you, for someone else out there listening, you may want to have sticky notes. I use sticky notes. I have lots of reminders, y'all, because <laughs> I have reminders on my Google calendar. I have sticky notes in different places. You know, I actually use financial affirmations. I use, I have financial affirmation cards that I use in my money yoga classes and with coaching. Um, so I constantly have to have these reminders. It's kind of like when you are on like social media, we get notifications on all these different things all day. I got to have some positive notifications <laughs> going on too. That's going to help me stay on track. So it's good to try different things to see what's going to help you stay on track because you will have days where you want to quit or days where you forget, oh, I got to do this. So I put everything on my Google calendar. If it's not on my calendar, I'm probably going to forget. <laughs> so I have to put it on my calendar, even if it's something like everything, you know, my mm -hmm. money dates, working on my budget. Like I always put it on my calendar so I can, it helps me stay organized. Yes, yes <laughs> definitely. And I know one of the questions that I always ask all of the guests that come onto the podcast, because um, it's always about telling people stories, empowering people to tell their stories. So why do you personally think it's important, you know, for people to tell their stories, to go on that podcast, to get on IG Live one day, to speak out in an article, just to really share their story with the world? I know at one point you weren't, weren't talking about your story, and now you are. So just why do you think it's important for others to do the same? It's important because for one, it's therapeutic to get it out. You know, even if you tell your story a hundred times, it just always feels good to get it out, especially if you struggled with talking about it before. And then you never know who is listening out there. For a long time, I underestimated my story because I felt like, oh, it's not a big deal. Who cares? But then when I share it and people tell me like, Cleo, oh my God, I couldn't believe you went through that. Oh, that helps me. I'm glad you made that post about that. Like you never know who's watching, reading and listening and you never know whose lives that you change. You may change lives and you don't even know you change somebody's lives. And you may change someone's life and they actually come to you and tell you how your words and your story impacted them. So it's important to share because 
we all can't do this alone. We need to share the stories and we need to listen to other people's stories because I learn from people's stories all the time. That's why I like to hear people share, you know, who they are, where they're from, where they've been through, because I know there's always something unique there that you can learn from. And that's why I feel like you should share it because we all are a community, you know, in this world and hearing it, talking about it is very, very, very important. And it's changed my life because I used to wonder, Cleo, what if you didn't start talking about it? What if you stayed isolated or just kept it to yourself? We hear a lot of people saying, you know, don't tell all your business, keep it a secret. Like, no, like, yes, there's some things that can be private, but there are times where you may need to share some stuff and you will feel so much better afterwards. So that's why I enjoy freely talking about it because now I know it can help someone else, just like other people's stories help me. Definitely. And if people want to learn more about your story, you know, listen to your podcast, get some of your affirmation cards or sign up. I know you do a text messaging where you sign up for affirmations too. So how can they find you? How can they get connected with you and, you know, listen and learn from you? Yeah. So you can tap into me. I'm on social media at Clio Yoga Finance. And my website is cleoyogafinance.com. And if you are interested in the Daily Money Habits text community, which is a community where you get a text every single day with a financial affirmation, and then you also get a action step to take for that day, because sometimes you can be overwhelmed with what you really need to do, but it's all about taking those little baby steps that can lead to big rewards later. So if you are interested in the Daily Money Habits text community, it is 615-813-4827. And you would text money habits in all caps, and that'll get you set up there. Awesome. Beautiful. And make sure you follow stories that matter. The podcast, our Instagram is stories that matter LLC and be sure to like comment, subscribe, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing and what you guys would like to see more of again, as always, thank you for listening and we'll see you back here soon.